Life happens for us. You can't get it wrong. You just can't. It's going to be fine. This is a quote from Gay Kick, author of Releasing Religion, A Minister's Wife Goes Rogue. Welcome to episode number 148 of the Overcoming Writer's Block podcast. Today, Gay and I sat down to talk about her fascinating experience and beautifully written memoir. Her book details her search for freedom and identity. She uses engaging narratives and funny self-reflection as she inspires us to join in on her journey to break free. During our conversation, she shares insights into her story, her writing process, and her publishing method. You are going to love her honesty and the heartfelt story, as well as her words of encouragement, especially if you too desire to unleash your inner power and become the person you were truly destined to become. Welcome to the Overcoming Writer's Block podcast. I am your host, Lisa Hoffman. Has someone ever told you that you should write about an experience, but you're not sure if your writing is good enough? Do you have a story to tell, but are anxious about its success? Have you thought about writing a memoir, but worry about being judged or criticized? Are you interested in writing a book, but feel stuck and overwhelmed by the writing, editing, and publishing process? Well, I'm here for you. Every week on this podcast, I'll be answering your questions, sharing my stories, and offering tips on how you can overcome writer's block. Sometimes my fellow Sidetrack sister, Judy Goodson, will join me to offer advice. Other times, I'll interview interesting and creative people to inspire you on your journey. So, here we go. Well, hi, Gay. Hi. So you are the author um, of a memoir about a spiritual experience. And we were just talking a little bit ago about how much I enjoyed your book. And I really had a lot of connections with what you went through as somebody in college and my personal experience of spiritual awakening and spiritual, what's the, what would I say? Um, towing the line, you know, you know what the right answers are. And so I was able to make a lot of connections with where you were coming from. So why did you um, start us out by telling us, tell us about your book? Well, um, I became unexpectedly a minister's wife at the age of 18. And no, I wasn't pregnant. I wasn't kidnapped <laughs> by a cult or anything like that. Um, I was a freshman in college wanting to be a public school music teacher. I had a music scholarship. I had an Illinois teacher's grant, uh, played the piano, the clarinet, the bass clarinet, was a classically trained high soprano, four years of that before I ever got to, to college. First day of classes, first class was um, concert choir. I met a senior music major who also wanted to be a public school music teacher. Uh, we started dating six months later. He proposed um, and wanted to get married like right after his graduation, which was just two months away. I didn't quite know what to say. I actually tried to, uh, you know, break up with him several times. <laughs> um, but the thing was, is that 
I really didn't know how to say no to something that big. I mean, it's not like I practiced on other guys in high school who had proposed or anything and said, learned how to say no. Um, so, uh, and then right before the wedding, he um, changes his career. I mean, he still is a music teacher. He, he actually does that. Um, but next year also teaches music. But the Methodists offered him two student pastorates. Two. So I was the minister's wife of two of two churches. And then he also had this, he was teaching music at the high school. So he is like in seventh heaven. He has all of his dreams, more than he expected has come true. And I have lost all of mine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I had lost my music scholarship. I was too far away from the college. I had to pay back the teacher's grant. (laughs) So I had to get a job. The only job I could find was in a factory. And, uh, and then I'm living in the proverbial fishbowl right next door to one of the churches, yeah. trying to be who I thought that everybody else was expecting me to be because I just didn't know any better. And I was really good at that because I was very friendly. I had a good sense of humor. I treated people with respect. You know, I was a kind of people pleaser of sorts. Yeah. Um, and uh, I didn't like that. I The fact that I had lost everything that I cared for. And he was so busy with everybody else. Um, so the book is, is a journey of self-discovery and my determination to finish college, which takes me 20 years to do. But you did it. Yes. In five colleges, because we move all the time. We were moving all the time. Um, and, you know, I just didn't like being the, um, the supporting character in somebody else's big dream. Mm-hmm. And you were that for many, many, many years. For many years, yes. Yeah. Um, when you were um, doing that supporting role, um, were you um, were you writing about it? Were you able to like? Did you have like a diary or journal that you were then able to access? You know, when you were writing your book to remember, you had you know lots of of details. As I mentioned before, you know, I really felt like I was able to step into the story and in really be there with you. And that's a really good sign, a sign of a really yeah. talented writer to be able to give the, the kind of show, not tell the story. Yeah. Yeah. So um, at the beginning, no, I wasn't, I wasn't writing anything that was, you know, this idea of journaling really wasn't around at that point. There were diaries, but I didn't, you know, I didn't have a diary. Um, But about year 15, and what's interesting is that it's also chapter 15 when I really start realizing that I need to change, you know, that I have to change. If anybody, if any, there's going to be any change in my life, I have to do that. And that is when I started journaling. And the more I would write about, and this was also a time where this was a church where we had what I called, um, oh, shoot dragons, unintentional dragons, you know, in the church. And so I'm journaling and I'm writing. And the more I write, the more I exaggerate because I'm so angry at all these people. And uh, and that's when I realized that I could write humor. Oh my goodness, I think I'm writing humor. Surprise, surprise. Uh-huh. So then I did, um, and then I, uh, and then I was writing, I was writing in a, in a, writers group and then when I went back to college I switched from music to writing and a lot of the stories that are in my book I wrote you know in the late 
1800s, late 1800s, <laughs> in, the, in the 80s, the late 80s yeah. and early 90s. Okay. So, and I was writing, and it was a class about um, writing about yourself and experiences in your life. So, um, so I was able to take some of those and just drop them, you know, right in. And that's an important thing is, is writing down the things that you remember now. Don't wait until you're to the point where you're going to write a book. Um, in fact, I mean, I even you probably noticed that I even mentioned how much I was making an hour, like at some jobs. Yes. Yes. Because back then you had to keep that written down because every time you went to look for a job, you had to fill out a paper that said, this is where you work. This is who your supervisor was. This is how much you made. Yeah. I still have that list. Wow. I've just always kept that list. Yeah. A running record. Yep. So, so, and then I created um, a spreadsheet several, several years ago about um, how old I was, what the year was, when each kid was born, what job I had, how much I made. <laughs> So that was why I was able with, with the, you know, with the, uh, the dates and okay. what was going on. Yeah. So you, you mentioned that you were part of a writer's group and now that was back in the, you said the, in the, in the nineties, how did Late you find 80s. the right in the eighties? How did you yes. find your writer's group? It wasn't, you know, it wasn't online like it is now. No. Um, yeah. I think I saw it in the newspaper. And so I went, I went to the group. I thought, oh, this is great. Cause I was already starting to write about these funny stories about being a minister's wife. That was very important to me. Um, I really wanted people to understand what it was like. You know, I mean, one woman called me one day because my son was um, go, went home with her kids after school and she was making dinner and she called to make sure that I allowed my kids to eat hamburgers and French fries. And I said, well, well yeah, <laughs> you know, why wouldn't I? Well, she thought, just assumed that I only fed my children healthy food. So there's all these expectations around. Exactly, yes. Around the minister's wife. Uh -huh. So I go to this writing group and, and I'm told that everybody who goes to the group has to write something every month to go in the newspaper. And I'm like, um... I write stories about being a minister's wife and I don't think I want my name in there. I don't want anybody to know that I'm doing that. She's all fine, you know, just write a pen name. And so then every month we'd go there and I'd hand in a paper and they always, they always published mine first because it was funny. It, it drew people in. Yeah. It drew people in. Yes. Yeah. And then, and then this one woman at church said, have you, have uh, you been reading those stories by that minister's wife? I said, well, yes, I have. And in my mind, I'm going, oh, my God, she knows it's me. And then she's, I think the two of you would get along so well. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I think so, too. Have you been you reading what she writes? Well, yes. And I do. I read every time the newspaper came out. I read it. <laughs> and you didn't confess. You didn't tell her. Oh, no. You didn't I tell anyone. Did. What no, about your husband? Did he know about your secret? Uh, the minister husband? Yes, yeah. he knew I was writing. Okay. He knew I and, was writing. And did he know you were writing about being a minister's wife? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. I'm assuming that he read them. I know he got the paper. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, you know, he was all, his mind was elsewhere. Yes, exactly. You know? He was focused it, on on his goals, his career, his activities, 
what he was doing. So yeah. what you were doing supported him, but it really didn't really impact him because you let him, you know, as a good minister's wife would do, you were the supporting, right. the, the supporting cast. The supporting character. Yeah. Yes. Wow. So yeah. when um, you were, you were putting these things together for your newspaper, at what point did you think, I think I'm going to actually make a book of this? Um, I assumed that I was going to take those stories and put them into a book someday. Mm-hmm. Just a collaborative or, you know, a collection of these stories that I wrote. Um, and then when I, I'm the one that asked, I didn't ask for the divorce. I said, I want a divorce. Um, and then we moved. I um, kind of lost my inspiration to write about the minister's stuff. I didn't want to write about the minister's wife stuff. Um, I had to get a job, I had kids, you know, and- You're and busy, I, you're busy. I was yeah. busy. So um, it, it wasn't until much later in fact, probably like maybe 10 years ago or so that, that I thought, well, I should put these all things together. And then I realized that I have changed so much from that minister's wife. I had a a major transformation into this minister's wife who went rogue and into metaphysics and new age and, you know, all that, all that stuff. I had a much bigger story to tell. Yep. And you were struggling with what the ending of the book was going to be for quite some time. Where were you going to, 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 where was this book going? How do you mean? Yeah. Just a collection of stories is one thing, but to have a story arc where there is a change and, you know, some understanding that you are now different, the, um, was really important. And that aha moment you wrote about as well. Yes. Yes. In fact, as I was, when I was doing that first draft, um, I realized, oh my gosh, my story follows the 12 stages of the hero's journey. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, the arc was already there. Yeah, yeah. Oh God, goosebumps just thinking about it again. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. That's so cool. Um, you know, and, you know, you're actually a rarity, somebody who um, didn't write, you know, like when they were a child. It seems like right. lots of people that I talk to, you know, have always had that impetus, that always that that interest, that drive to to create diaries or journals. And so for that to take hold later is is interesting. Yeah, a lot of people just assume that I, you know, read a lot when yep. I was growing up and I and I just didn't. Um, I didn't like writing. Okay. Until well, what, and I don't know that I mentioned this in in the book either. When I was a freshman in high school, that is when I discovered poetry. That's when I realized that I could write poetry. But I think that had a lot to do with the fact that I'd been singing since I was, you know, three years old. Yeah. Um, and the music, because that's was my passion. Um, you know, you just can just hear it. It just came out. And I think. Another thing that that is consistent with your story is people who who pursue creativity in other areas when they decide to write their memoir. I don't know. There is there's a skill set that comes along with. With other forms of creativity, 
singing and and playing the clarinet and you know all of those things that then goes over into writing just things like practice and understanding that the more you do it the better it's going to be and the more you're critiqued and you know show it to or you know present it to others the better you're going to be and i think so many people don't feel comfortable with showing you know beginning projects to others because they assume that everybody who's creative suddenly you know pops out this this memoir or this this final product um and it is you know the way it is and that's not the case no no it isn't no no i hired i hired a writing coach okay i mean i'd been writing and i've got my own i've got a blog and i do write i still write funny stories about my life yeah um but I had never read a, read a book or I'd never um, written a book. Uh-huh. That was a bigger thing. And I, that was holding me back, I think, from moving forward. And then when I realized, my gosh, I know who I am. I finally know who I am. It, oh, it's time to write the book. The two came in together. And uh, um, and that was that was very helpful then as well. I mean, I went to somebody else who I knew could help me. And, How did you and find that, that was, person? Pardon me? How did you find that person? How did you find your the person um, who helped you edit? Um, she had written a book about writing. Mm-hmm. And I saw it, I think, on Facebook. And I bought it. Uh-huh. And then I was on her, her list, her audience list. And like the day after that, I realized who I am and it's time to write the book. I got an email saying that she had a was having a webinar, a free webinar about, you know, about writing. Mm-hmm. So it felt called. It was it yeah. was the right thing at the right time. It it yes. fell it fell together. Yes. And then the same thing happened when I, you know, because I of course I wrote the book with her and um and then and I and I this isn't in the book at all because this comes later. I wasn't, I, I I thought the book was good. She thought the book was good. She thought it was time that, you know, I should send it off to like agents and stuff because that's where I was thinking about going with it instead of self-publishing. Um, but I just had, my intuition just said that it's not ready. It's not ready. There's something missing. I wrote it too fast and I didn't like the title. The title was not going to resonate to my ideal reader, which are people who were, releasing religion and looking at examining beliefs um, that were holding them back from uh, living the life that they want.
was sort of frustrating with the writing and the whole process. And I knew that something was missing. So I just said, okay, I'm going to set this aside. This was the following year. I'm going to just set this aside. And when I get the right title, I will know what's missing, what I've left out of my book. And what I, and so the title is Releasing Religion, A Minister's Wife Goes Rogue. Yes. Can you see this here? Okay. Yeah. I mean, now that really describes what it's about. She's running away. She's running away. Metaphorically accurate. Yes. 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 Um, and, and so that's, I got releasing religion, a minister's wife goes rogue because I realized from working with, with my coach that the minister's wife was the hook. I really didn't want the minister's wife mentioned in the, in the title at all, but I realized that that was the hook. Okay. And going rogue, why not? Yep. You know, so, um, and that's when I realized that I was missing all the little things that were all the little times that I was questioning. Yeah. That that needed to be in the book. Yeah. That needed to be in all the way through there. Because and, this um, isn't a book for people who are ministers' wives. It's a no. much bigger conversation. You know, it's the universal truth that you're getting at is really aimed at anybody who anybody who questions where they've come from and where they might want to go. Right. Right. So, um, and then again, I saw something, Ashley was, uh, she's the LA writing coach. She was, uh, doing another webinar only this time she was, you know, helping her, her clients needed the books to come out right away, not yeah. wait for an agent and then have, you know, and then for a publisher. And so, I mean, and then, so then it just happened again and I knew that it was right. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that was helpful. Yes. So really you were, sounds to me like you were kind of at peace with letting the process play out as it was supposed to. You weren't forcing the, 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 the story into a container or into a time frame that you thought it needed to be in. Right, right. And I also, I also realized when I got the title and I knew it was missing that I had dumbed down what I had read, read that what I had written first. What do you mean? I was very, I was, so here, the book is about releasing um, fear about what people think of you. Yeah. But I had written that first couple of edits and stuff. Um, Concerned about what people were going to think of me. <laughs> Ironic. <laughs> yes. Ironic. Yes. You know? Uh-huh. Yes. Not surprising. I, but yeah. you realize that. That is, that's amazing. That is so, that is so intuitive on your part. And yeah. that's really what I think one of the components that draws people in is your honesty. And the fact that you're, you're able to, to be raw about that and say, Yeah this is the way it was. And this is the way I felt. And this is, this is the way, you know, people responded to me and that's my story. Yeah. And it's funny. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. it has the heartfelt stuff where you want to kind of cry with me. And then, and then I say stuff and then you start laughing. <laughs> I mean, someone texted me. She said, I'm, I'm reading your book and I just read this part, blah, 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 blah. blah and I know it's not supposed to be funny, but I just, I'm rolling on the floor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. I don't know. It's just the for whatever reason, it's just, it just comes out. It really hits a nerve. Yeah. And it just, you know, I don't do it on purpose. I don't, I don't like books that you can tell they've tried to put something funny here and they've tried to put something funny there. It's funny there. It's just for whatever reason, the way I say stuff. Yeah, exactly. So when you were, when you were writing this, were you, when you, when you realized that you were dumbing it down, as you said, when you started putting in those, those components that, yeah, were, were more true and you were questioning them about, were you, did you change the the names and details to protect the innocent and the guilty? Um, or how did you, how did you go about that? Well, it was such a long time ago <laughs> that I Googled and quite a few of those people were dead. <laughs> wow. Well, yeah. <laughs> but I didn't, I didn't put their, I was very careful not to put names in there. There were sometimes where something they needed to have a name yeah. and I would give them a name just uh, to make, you know, the story move better and understand who I'm talking about. Yeah. But um, did you have any composite characters in your story? Any what? Composite characters where you would take. No. no? Okay. Mm-hmm. No, I didn't. I know that's something that some people will do to, you know, keep things more concise. But, um, you know, the people yeah. that you talk about are very, you know, colorful and, you know, nuanced. And that's, that's, that's cool. I was like, wow. Um, I wonder if this is just one person. So that's, that's great mm-hmm. that, that you were able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. When you, um, did, how did you make the decision that you wanted to go through a, the, a publisher instead of self-publishing? That's another question that lots of people ask. What, what led did, you in that direction? I did go through self-publishing. Okay. But you said that you were leaning in the other direction initially. Oh, I was leaning that way. Yes. Um, and I did send, I did send out, so this is right at the p- pandemic. I actually started uh-huh. writing this during the pandemic. Uh-huh. I got a deal because it was during the pandemic. <laughs> gives deals for everything but um it, it, you know and so then and and then I also did a book proposal with her because I thought I needed that to get an agent because I wanted the, I don't know I just thought I needed an agent yeah. um and then you know the agents were working from home and they had kids around and, and you know I don't know um I sent in several uh query letters and I never heard anything back and then I um I was part of a group and they brought in some, some uh, agents and I did have a query cons- consult with them mm-hmm. and they were very, very interested and told me to send in a couple of, just a couple of scenes. So they would know if the writing and I never heard back. <laughs> so, you know. Oh, how discouraging. You and that's when your- I, yeah. And I, that's when I started all these other groups, the group that I met you in and. Mm-hmm. And I, and everybody's giving everybody else all this information and, you know, well, you could do this, you could do this. And I, that's when I just said, okay, I just, I have to stop. I just can't write for right now. I just have to stop. Yep. I have to, I have to do myself, you know, just, just live my own life for a while until I get that right, that right um, title. Mm -hmm. That's when it was, and I was still kind of thinking about going that way. But then I know somebody here in town who has written like 18 books and he's self-published all of his own. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
And so but do then, you, you know, that uh, what convinced you then that you were going to self-publish? Uh, well, that, you know, the fact that, um, you know, you have <laughs> ownership then of your book. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and I do know some other um, some other writers who um, had a book published and then the publishing company went out of business oh. and they had a hard time getting that book back. That's happened to two two writers that I know. So I thought, well, I'm just going to go. I think I'm just going to go this way. And so he's giving me all this information. About, okay, now you need to do this, you need to do this. And, and, and then again, I went, <laughs> no. And, yeah. you know, then I found out that I could hire people to do that for me. Yes, yes. And did you um, hire somebody to help you with the with the front cover? Because it's a beautiful uh, front That cover. was all part of the same thing, working working with Ashley and her brand to, brand to books. Okay. Yeah. So and, they had some, they had somebody that, you know, did that. They asked me what, if I had any ideas and I said, yes, um, what I can see is a little church in the background mm -hmm. and a woman yep. running yep. away. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. And the church looks very um, inviting and safe and warm and, um, you know, um, it's, you know, when you, when you're in a small church, it's a very um, insulated community. And in order to break away from that, you need to run. <laughs> you know, if you go slow, they're going to pull you back. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and even now there's, there's people who, who know that I'm, you know, it's not like I'm against religion at all. Um, I, I just have a different, I have a much bigger view of the spirit yeah. world. Yes. I um, believe one of the things that you mentioned in your book is that we are spiritual beings having a human experience. Yes. That was a something that resonated with me also. You know, yeah. we, we are so focused on the here and the now and the body and the and all the stuff that we're doing. And you know, it's it's part of the game, it's part of the process. But the spirit is really what you're speaking to. And your journey to to come to a, um, a an awareness of that spirit, and saying this is this is where I'm led, this is where I'm drawn, this is where I'm going, and mm -hmm. you know that's that's really special. Yeah, yeah, and I'm not going to go back, no matter who wants me to come back and be who they want me to be. I'm and sorry. in your book, you talk about your mother. And about her, you know, worrying about, you know, the fact that you're not going to go to heaven. And um, my, um, my ex-husband, he um, became, we were involved in a very um, small fundamentalist church when we were in college. And after we got divorced, he became a Buddhist. And I went to his, um, uh, uh, he was, um, he, his family had a wake for him. When he passed, he, he died at the age of 48 from a massive heart attack. And, you know, one of the things that happened at his wake was, you know, people were very concerned about the state of his soul. And yeah. um, I think, you know, he was a troubled soul because that was part of his journey. But that's not what you're speaking to. Your part of you know, the journey you had is really as one of a seeker. And you have been able to sit back 
and reflect and say, this is what I currently am willing to, to give and take and release. And that was, was really eloquent the way you were able to put it in your book. So I love that. Thank you. Yes. Yes. When you were writing your book, so now you, you had an editor help you with uh, the the writing part of it. That Mm -hmm. person was able to hook you up with um, an illustrator. So in the show notes, we will put a link to that person and their resources. Okay. Okay. And when you then had your book, talk about, you know, the next step, the, 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 the publishing and the, um, you know, the, um, the marketing of it. Tell us a little bit, you know, give us a window into that part of the process. Okay. So, um, so it was really wonderful. So I had a project manager um, that I kept in contact with and okay. she sent me, okay, now, now you need to, now you need to, to go and do some more edits on this, whatever you want to do and have it ready for, for the editor. And then, you know, then now it comes back and it's just this, this constant, I had deadlines. And so, I mean, I just, and that started like what in May and it went all the way through last month. Okay. Yeah. Last month. So, so now I'm, I'm on my own, but they're still there, yeah. you know, to help whatever. And, um, but I would have these deadlines and I think, Oh, you know, I, when I have deadlines, I can write. I mean, you have it to write. dribble on. It, it, it gives you some motivation to say, yes. okay, this is, yes. th- this is the stopping point. It may not be as good as it, could be if I worked on it a hundred more years, but this is where it is and it is good enough. <laughs> yes. Yes. You have to, you have to get to that point. Um, yeah. In fact, at one point they, they said, okay, now here is, now here was another edit um, after I had made a couple little things. Cause, cause the editor had questions, you know, they were also looking to see um, if what I said was accurate. So they were looking those, those things up. Okay. Um, and so there were some questions on some of those things. So I had to, uh, rearrange stuff and change the way I wrote it. So it, you know, would work. And, um, and, it, and so then the, the next edit, they said, now don't do almost any, don't, you know, if you see a mistake, fine, <laughs> but don't add anything more. Don't do anything else more. And it's like, Oh, gosh. yeah. Because, yeah. you know, when you've, after you've read it for like the fifth time or so, um, you know, sometimes you just, see every sentence that you need to change yes yes and you just can't yep you just can't it's gonna be fine and one of the things that i mentioned in the book is life happens for us you can't get it wrong yes yep you know and that that is what really gets me through of saying okay this will be fine doesn't have to be perfect i am a recovering perfectionist you think (laughs) i really am (laughs) there are quite a few of us out there that are i want i want every word to be absolutely perfect i can spend days just on one on one paragraph yes i I just kicks just isn't it's just not right yeah yeah somebody said you have to be fine with b plus work and you know that's really hard because you are a good student and you're a people pleaser and so you're not happy with B plus work. You want to get the A, right? Why not? Why not? Yeah. 
<laughs> I know my husband, uh, when I was taking a class, a, a, a graduate class many years ago, he was like, why you are taking this one graduate class? It means nothing. And you are, you know, you're, 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 you're killing yourself, not really killing yourself, but you're yeah. doing all this stuff for an A when all you need is the credit. Why? And it just, it, it doesn't feel right, you know, to not do it to the best of my ability. We're indoctrinated as girls yeah. and women and ministers' wives to give it our best. Yeah. Yeah, that we can, are. That can be a problem. So mm -hmm. how yes. do you think that you, you were able to overcome that? Um, well, I just had to. I, you know, yeah. other you yeah. just you had an editor, had so to. you had somebody pushing you, and that probably had something to do with the the ability to release that perfectionism. When you yes. said, you know, you had a timeline, and you know, yeah. you have a life too. You weren't just a just a writer. You know, you had a life too, and yeah. you had kids and responsibilities and things that were happening in life. Oh, sure, sure, yeah. Yeah. When you um when you did your your book and it got published, tell me a little bit about the the marketing of it now. How did you, you know, put it out there for people to become aware of it? Oh, well, that was part of part of the team as well. Okay. Um yes, I had oh gosh, what was it? Like 8 8 weeks before the book launched. Yep. That and I had to I had to reach out to everybody I knew. Yes. Yeah. Every week. Yeah. Every week with something. Yep. I'm participating in somebody, somebody, one of my friends just launched her book today. And yeah, it's a process that she went through. I don't think it was eight weeks. I think hers was five weeks um, where every week there was, you know, please do this and this and this, you know, help me, you know, get out the word, you know, do this to help me with my my book and, you know, getting yeah. it out there and, and actually making a blip on the, 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 um, the Amazon, you know, Barnes mm -hmm. and Noble sites. And you can do that right. by having people rate and review it. Right. Right. Yes. And, um, and I was like, when I, I know the one I, I had my list of all the people who were in my high school class uh -huh. and I said, you know, I, this, Having to promote something, to promote myself or promote my book is not comfortable for me, but I have to do it. So please bear with me. <laughs> so please bear with me. And um, and a lot of people had said that they they really liked the way I did that because, again, I just did it the same way I wrote the book. I just was honest, you know, so I wanted, you know, I want this book to get out there and 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 get in front of more people. And so, you know, it's going to need reviews. Yes. Did you, you know, one of the things where um, I know lots of people are are worried about a particular person, somebody from their past, maybe they're in the book, maybe they're not, but there is a fear that Mary or, you know, Mary Jo um, is going to think this about me. You know, I, I am, am I all that? Did you have, when you were reaching out to the, you said your high school people, um, did you have a sense of, Oh my gosh, you know, oh, yes. what are they going to think about me? How did you get past that? 
Yeah, because it's like, you know, like lots of them I haven't talked to. I Quite a few yeah. of them are on Facebook. So, I you know, we re react into re there. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm thinking, oh, shoot, you know, she has, I haven't talked to her for how many years now? What, yeah. 50 some years? And she's asking <laughs> for something from me. But yeah. I had to do it. Yeah. I had to do it. Uh-huh. You know, were there any were surprises? Were there any people that slammed you? Were there any people that no. were like, you know, who do you think you are? Um, no, no, no. In fact, um, they, it was amazing. The people who just jumped in and said that they would help. That's it beautiful. really, I mean, it was quite, oh my gosh, these mm -hmm. people like me. In fact, I went back and looked at my, at my, in my yearbook just the other day. And, um, they all seemed to like me. <laughs> they all say, oh, you're such, be as, as good as you always are now. And we, you know, you're so wonderful. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, we put that, that sense of who am I? And I mean, lots of people let that stop them because they're afraid of that, that, that perception that they're, mm -hmm. they're, they're, um, they're, they're, you know, they're too big for their britches as I guess the saying, yeah. and that's really wonderful that that's not something that you encountered. Yeah. Well, you know, there's a little bit there, you know, there was a little bit there, Okay. but I had to do it. Yes. I mean, okay. I knew that I was supposed to write this book. Uh huh. And so, and so where I'm at now is in marketing, you know, have you reached out to me yeah. <laughs> to yeah. do this? That was great. Uh -huh. And that was kind of like at the last minute when I posted on all the Facebook, uh, you know, writing groups that I'm in that yeah. I haven't said anything in for the last couple of years. <laughs> and that's um, what I'm looking for. I'm looking for people that don't necessarily, um, it, I mean, all different kinds of books. I have talked to people from all different experiences. There is nothing that's off the table. Um, Generally speaking, I've mostly talked to women, but not only exclusively women. And when I when I do look at those writers groups and memoir writers and so on, you know, what I find is men put themselves out there so much more. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, it's it's not the women who write memoir are much fewer and far in between. And so <laughs> If I'm able to say, hey, I have this podcast, I have this this podium, this this resource, and I believe that all boats rise together. I want to to highlight you and your process to inspire and encourage other people because yes. I believe that everybody has a story. You don't make it to your 50s or 60s without having life experiences, <laughs> traumas, um, yeah. things that you regret, things that have changed you. And that's interesting. And I want people to write about that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was, you know, one of the class, a couple of classes that I had at college was specifically to write about, about yourself. Uh -huh. I mean, we'd have, we'd have these, um, we went out, well, but of course, that's where I met my current husband, who's retired Navy, much more fun than the minister's minister was. <laughs> um, and uh, we did a blind trust walk. 
Yes. And, uh-huh. and she said, you know, and Jackie said, here, gay, here's a, here's a, a scarf, pick a, you know, pick a partner. So you can do this yeah. blind press walk, walk and, you know, it was just him, one man in the group and, and two uh, females who had walked in early and I wasn't a, you know, I was not happy with my marriage. So I wasn't going to pick two girls if I could walk around the campus with a guy <laughs> my age. Yeah. Yeah. And because that's, um, yeah, that's a rarity. Um, I actually took a, um, a 12 week course way back in the nineties, um, based on Julia Cameron's, the artist way. And oh, my, yes. ex- I've done that. have you, and he took mm-hmm. that class with me and we did the blind trust walks and we, we did yoga and we made dream boards and we did, you know, all kinds of things. It was my first experience with so many of those things. And the people that were involved in that were like, Oh, you're so lucky that your husband will do this with you. And yeah, I was, but yeah, it was, he was, we were, we were, lead, we were leading two very parallel lives. And at one point then, you know, when, as long as in my experience, as long as our lives didn't conflict, we were fine. But once I said, I need this, he said, no. And, and we were at that place where I said, okay, well, then we need to, to, to go different ways. And, um, and we had been through therapy several times and the therapist could always kind of get us back to being together, but that wasn't, he wasn't being true to himself. And so that was, I mean, that was one of the things why I didn't want to leave him is because he was a seeker and he was interested in exploring and, and that, that was really fun. It sounds like your ex-husband was not in that camp, but you were able to find somebody who, who let you bloom and develop and grow into who you were. Yeah. When you are writing, do you still, are you still writing? Do you do morning pages? Do you have a journal? Are you working on another book? What is your current writing practice? If you have one at all? (laughs) Well, I'm just, I'm still at this point now I'm doing like the marketing stuff. Um, My book is now in Barnes and Noble as well. And so I had to reach out to my, my people, my peeps again and say, (laughs) you know, my book is at now at Barnes and Noble and it, it's naked. It has absolutely no reviews to cover it with. (laughs) So, so, yes. So I was, you know, I've been doing stuff like that. Um, Uh and I'm not, so I have, I have a blog, um, that I write and it's again, humorous, funny stories. Some, some of the minister's wife stories are in there, Uh um, that were, are not in the book. And I also write on, uh, medium.com, but I am actually thinking at this point, keeping the blog to continue doing the funny stories about my life. Mm -hmm. Um, And it helps when you have a husband who does silly stuff. (laughs) (laughs) The best stories, honestly, the best stories are about my husband. Really? Yes. Yes. Um, Men are from Mars is, is, is a really good one. And uh, vacation citation is another really good. Would you like to share um, a little bit about those stories to kind of whet our appetite? Oh, um, so um, when I first started dating, so my first husband's name is Ron, is Don. My second husband's name is Ron. <laughs> Somewhere. I hope there's not like a John in there. Yeah. Um, and 
So when we were first dating and it came Christmas time, he um, gave me a book and, 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 and I really did enjoy it. It's a big, thick thing. I can't think of the name of it right now. It's still here and back behind me somewhere. Um, and uh, it's, it's been a while since I've even, I, I remember writing it. We, we lived here at the time. So um, anyway, he just, he, <laughs> so instead of buying something for me, he gave me a book that he'd already read. Oh, but he tells yeah. me, he yeah. tells me for all these years, he told me that it was, it was a good book and he wanted to see if, if I liked the same kind of books that he liked. So he let me believe that for a long time Did until he? I discovered, until he, you know, gave this matter from Mars part of it. Well, you know, part of that is in the book because that's the part where, um, uh, where um, we're dating and and we're talking to each other on on Friday. What, what are we going to do here and there? And and you know, and I tell him that uh, let's just get married because I'm tired of this back and forth stuff. That kind of little thing is is in there. Um, yeah, I should have I should have read all my stories before I talked to you. <laughs> um, it's all good. <laughs> so so I'm trying to write a story about this. Yeah. This is what happened. And I walk out in the front porch and I said, now tell me again about, about, you know, when you gave me the book, you did that because blah, 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 whatever. And then he starts to confess that he had actually had not bought me a gift. It had nothing to do with that. He just had to give me. Something. Oh, so he made up a story because he, he, he made up a story. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> Anyway, the, the ending was was a really oh he's funny he's really funny, um, and the vacation citation we were on our way home from Tennessee to, we were visiting my mother and my daughter was in the back with with a friend of hers and we were going over a bridge and we had come a there was a sign before the bridge that said something about um there was going to be a drug thing up front you know they were going to be checking. Cars for drugs, and yeah. he stops on the bridge to get out and get gum, which is in the back of the car. Uh oh! And a policeman comes up behind him. They, what happens is, is he opens yeah. the trunk, and my daughter had, had to had tampons back there that fell out of the box, and they're twirling around on the on the bridge, and I'm up trying to grab them, and he's trying to grab them, and they think that we have thrown something over the bridge. Of course. Right. Yes. Yes. Which is what, I mean, you're looking really guilty and that's what they're looking for. Yeah. Really, yeah. really guilty. Yes. Yeah. They're just I, really, the ones with him are hilarious because then I can go back and I can interview him. Now mm -hmm. remind me about what happened. And then he tells me, so I can just use him verbatim. Yep. Now, when you're writing this for your blog, so that's what, um, I'm part of a writer's group called Sidetrack Sisters, and we yeah. have been writing a block for many years. And what we do is we get together on a weekly basis and we come up with a topic and it can be as random as um, a favorite, your know, favorite room in your house or something like, you know, talk about a Thanksgiving memory. And, and I mean, like I said, pretty random. And what we want people to understand is that Really, there are no perfect ways to write. You write your truth. 
And even if you're writing about the same thing, it's going to be so different. And it's, there is no right way or wrong way to express your truth. Yeah. Yeah. So what I started to say in all this though, is, so I was thinking about keeping that on my blog and maybe changing over my um, medium.com to do more spiritual kinds of things. Hmm. Yep. Okay. The more, you know, what if this is not true or what, you know, I don't know. I haven't, and I've been struggling with that for a long, for a long time. And what it boils down to is you, you, you jump in, you decide one way and guess what? It doesn't mean that that's the way it has to be forever. You can change it down the road. Um, This pot, this podcast used to be called sidetracked legacies, people sharing their legacy. And we found it didn't re- that name didn't resonate with people that really people are wanting that, like I said, at the very beginning, that encouragement, that, that, um, that feeling of, wow, you know, that person did it. Maybe I can do this too. And yeah. which brings me to the name of the podcast, which is overcoming writer's block. Have you ever experienced writer's block or do you feel like that's something that once again, you were able to get past because having an editor or, you know, maybe you're experiencing writer's block right now because you don't know where you're going exactly with your writing. Yeah. Well, there's just so many other things I, I still think are like more important right at this moment, but rather than writing another story. Um, when it comes to writing, I think what holds us back are the negative beliefs that are not true about ourselves. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. What will people think of me if I write something they don't, they don't like. Um, And I think that, I think that is what it is. Now, one of the things that helps me is again, um, life happens for me. I can't get it wrong. Yep. But there is an Abraham Hicks quote that I, I get those every, every day. And there was one that I turned into a, I took it from third person and I put it into first person and it goes like this. My path is more well lighted than I have been allowing myself to realize. Mm. Mm -hmm. And that is what, that is what really I have to remember that my path is more well lighted than I uh, can even allow. I will, I would possibly ever know. Yeah. The universe is there Uh and it's, it's there when I ask it's given, Mm -hmm. you know, when you ask, you have the, the, and I'm not talking about asking for somebody else for it, but it's basically you're asking yourself for it. Yeah. You know, are you going to love yourself or not? We spend so much time not loving ourselves. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm not good enough. I don't know what to write about. Blah, 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 blah. All do you, you have think, to do is sit down. Sit down and start writing. Where do these come from? Do you think they're right. just in, do you, where do these thoughts come from? Do you think they just come from our own brains? Do you think they come from our childhood? They come from school or religion? Where do they come from? Well, I think they come from our higher self. We are a soul having a, a human experience. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think they're us, maybe. Okay. I, you know, I don't know. Yeah. And you're fine with know. that. 
You don't have I'm to have all the answers. That. I don't yeah. have to have all the answers. I kind of, um, I call it my cosmic counsel. Hmm. I like that. Yeah. 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 Now I can do it. Plus, plus you also have to, you know, if you've written before, you can write now. What, you know, I wrote this and it was so easy. This is, this is hard. What's wrong? What am I doing wrong? We're well, not doing anything wrong. Mm -mm. Set it away, you know, set it aside. I have taken, I have taken stories that I'd started writing, but I never finished and um, tried to turn it into a mediumship, a medium.com thing where you've got, you know, 12 things that you're teaching or something like that. Mm -hmm. And it absolutely ruined the story. <laughs> I mean, I killed it. I killed it. I stabbed it with every edit. I stabbed it. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Yes. And then I, and you know, and then last year, you know, I, I just sat down and redid it with the, with my insight and my humor and, and said, you know, this is the way it's going to be. And then, then the ending came. I yeah. sometimes get stuck with the ending. Okay. Yeah. Because I don't know how to end it. You know, that's so profound and so telling that you struggled with, you know, okay, I'm going to put it into this format and you killed it. Um, I was a, a first grade teacher. I was a teacher for 30 years. And one of the things that happens so often is we call it read aside, where we ask children to read books and then, you know, analyze it to death. And how that just really. It kills us. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it's supposed to, to cause the people, you know, the children to become more you know, um, aware of, you know, different types of writing and if you can trust the writing and it, it really, as I said, it becomes read aside. It kills the joy when you have to write a book report about it, when you have to answer the questions, when you have to analyze and when the, the authors then, you know, have, have read some of the students analysis of their book. It's like, who died and made you the boss of my book? And this kid, they apparently got it right, but that's not what I was going for. So yeah, um, don't do that. Don't uh, do that. When I was in the third grade, I had to do a book report and that wasn't really kind of my thing. And I had a book and it had, I thought it was the, it was an something about an island, but I call it, it called it Island because what did I know in third grade? And so I had to get up in front of the class and, and I just didn't know what, you know, what to say about this book. I didn't know. I didn't understand in the third grade how to take a book and, and describe it no. until I discovered the back page had a, a whole thing about what the book was about. So I, I yeah. just uh, took that and kind of rearranged it. And I remember the teacher was so proud of me. Did you actually read the book? Yes, I read the book, but I didn't know, as you were saying, it was just a book and it was a story. I didn't know how to explain it to other people. I was in the third grade. Yep, exactly. Yeah. And so what you're doing is, yeah, you, we, we don't read books with the, the, the goal of analyzing it and tearing it apart and looking at the you know the components of story 
we want to enjoy the story. And, mm -hmm. you know, you can do that in the summer or when you're, you know, a grown up like we are. But um, yeah, we, we don't give children that same ability or grace to to do that. And I think it really kills that interest in reading and writing for lots of students. Those people that, those kids, that it doesn't come easily or naturally. Yeah, yeah. I didn't like essays. I didn't know how to write an essay. I wasn't, even in high school, I mean, I lived in a small town of 5,000 um, and in Northern Illinois, and you're in Wisconsin. Wisconsin, yeah. We're pretty close. Yeah. My sister's in Crystal Lake. Okay, um, yeah. So um, let's see, what was I going to say? What was I talking about? We were talking Crap. about um, how kids, you know, we, we, we kill the, that excitement about reading because we want them to analyze. And yes. So essays. Mm -hmm. I just wasn't that kind of a thinker. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Even in high school, I wasn't that kind of a thinker. Yeah. And I we're pushing now. kids to become, we think that is within the realm and the reach of all students. And yeah, I mean, as a teacher, I can move kids from point A to point Z, but what do we we give up when we when we do that? What do we sacrifice? What do mm -hmm. we what do we break down in the students when we you know have these components, these goals, these objectives that don't meet our students right. that are placed on them, and yeah. we have to 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 do them because that's what's expected of us as teachers. It's not the teachers that are trying to kill the reading. It mm -hmm. comes from much higher up than that. Yeah. Yeah. And diagramming sentences. I could never get that. I could never get that. I just, I know how to write a sentence. Don't ask me to tell, to tell you what the pieces of it are. Yeah. And now, I mean, you can write, you know, if you want to write and you're stopping, you can write a word and a period and a word and a period and a word and a period. Yeah. But, you know, as grownups, we can break those rules. And yet we aren't allowing others the the freedom to do that. But mm -hmm. yeah, why not? I mean, some people would say that, you know, they have to learn the rules before they can break the rules. And I I don't think I agree with that 100%. So... Um, so that brings us to one of my, my final questions here, Gay. What um, kind of advice do you have for people who have that sense that, you know, I've got some things written down that I want to, 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 to put out to a wider audience. I, I have maybe a memoir and people get down on themselves because like, wow, I have these pieces and yeah, I don't know what to do with it. What kind of advice do you have for, for those people? They're stuck. Well, I think the first thing is to make sure that you write the little tidbits of things as you think about them. Mm. Mm -hmm. You know, because uh, I know a lot of people said, oh, yeah, um, you know, I want to write a book. And I have said, but but I don't have the ending. <laughs> and I understand yeah. that. And you're like, <laughs> but, ah! Yeah, I've yes. been there, done that. But I already had the little pieces of things. So I knew exactly how I was thinking back then and how I was feeling because I wrote it down. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so I think it's important to just, just 
make sure that you that you write those things down. You can organize them later. Mm-hmm. So begin the process, even if you don't know where it's going. Even if you don't know where it's going. Mm-hmm. And I use my phone. I um, did you? you know, I talk it into my phone. Okay. I will sometimes, you know, especially when I've read something that's more kind of on the spiritual side, and then I come up with my thoughts on it and I record it. Okay. Because otherwise they're gone. If I go get, turn on my computer and sit down to type, then I, I lose what I was thinking. Do you type your, your words or do you, you, you don't write longhand? I do. I mean, you know, with those little bitty things, it's, Oh, how to write, you know, in fact, um, and I should say this too, listen to your intuition. Okay. And, And if I'm, if I'm having a struggle during the day or something, and I, or I'm really tired, you have to listen to your body. I go take a nap. I'm retired. I can do that. It's great. Um, and lots of times I will go to bed, not go, you know, understanding that when I wake up in the morning, I will probably have the solution to mm. what was missing yes. in the book or what, when I need to do that. And I'm a songwriter too. And that's how I, that's how I write uh-huh. as well. So, and, so- um, and um, the releasing religion, I you know have found a play, a spiritual center where I can go and do my music. You know, I still sing, I still play the piano. I you know, I still have a group of people, but they're it's you know, they think the same way that I do. Mm-hmm. Well, no, everybody. I mean, everybody's different. Yeah, everybody has their own experience. And it sounds to me like, I mean, that's that's what um, my Aunt Judy and I talked about this last week on our podcast that was published yesterday, is really being open to that sense of playfulness. And, yeah. you know, if you're just focusing on the, the, you know, I've got this goal, I've got this objective, I want to get a memoir out there, and you let go of those things that fill you up, like the singing and the songwriting, yeah. you know that that is going to come back to bite you yeah it is yeah and you know lots of times um i will just put on some oldies music and by that i mean you know like the beatles or something (laughs) yeah and dance okay you know 15 minutes or so just let it out just dance okay because then that gets the gets the body moving it gets your your brain moving it's you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay so um you know one of the things that you talked about in the book quite insignificantly was your mom and her concerns about your writing what kind of legacy do you think you're leaving for your children with your writing um gosh um Somebody asked me that question the other day too, and I kind of yeah. like, you know. Well, yeah. basically, my kids know that that I'm not going to tell them what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's their life, and and you know, I you know, I don't even know if they've read it. <laughs> really? Okay. I mean, not only are you a yeah, spiritual yes. being having a human experience, but they are spiritual beings having a human experience. Yes. And honoring yes. that in your children, that their journey may look very different from what you hoped and expected and wanted for them is, that's hard. Yeah. That's something that every mother needs to do, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. You know, 
they're they are responsible for for whatever that they want to do. My job is to support them in whatever they want to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think I put that. That's in the back of the book. Okay. I wrote yeah. that. Just I wrote that. Let's see acknowledgments. Let's see. Oh no no here. Uh, my children are in their forties. Since they are each the authority over what is best for them, my job as their mother is to love them unconditionally and get out of their way. <laughs> yeah. That's perfect. Yes. I think we as parents need to hear that over and over yeah. and over yeah. again. I have a good relationship with all my kids. Okay. Mm-hmm. And and the, the and my um stepkids from you know my husband has children as well. So Wonderful. Yeah, you know. We're going to on just fine. Do you think that the fact that you've written about this will influence their spiritual journey? Or just by your your life and living this journey? What do you think about that? Oh, I think it's just my life and living this journey. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I talked to all of them, told them that I was writing this book and that they are in it and they all were fine. Yeah, okay, okay whatever. Okay, whatever. Whatever. Good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they wonderful. didn't have any issues with it. Yeah. I mean, no. there are people that, you know, that say, you know, leave me out of it. And the fact that that didn't happen for you is very freeing and very telling about your relationship with your kids. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We've always, well, it was just them and me really when they, when they were growing up. Mm -hmm. I mean, their dad was around, but not really. Yeah. Do they have a, 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 a relationship with religion? Or are they, they closer to the relationship their dad has with religion or closer to um, being a spiritual seeker like like your story um, talks about? Or don't you know? I uh, don't really know. Okay. No, no. The oldest one is still in church. Of course, he, <laughs> so he married um, the daughter of the minister that followed us at one of the churches. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So they're still, you know, they're still there, but you know, you know, I don't, I don't question it. Right. I think that's it. I don't question it. I don't ask them what they, what they believe, what they don't believe. They're, they're good kids. Yeah. Because you're not of the belief that it's going to that, that dichotomy of the heaven and hell is, is something that you've released from your belief system. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. So Gay, that brings us to the end here. Are there any final thoughts or tidbits that you want to share with the audience? Our audience is mostly people that, you know, are interested in writing and struggling with that in one way or another. They look to people like you who have moved forward towards the goal of writing their memoir out and, you know, achieved the goals and are moving toward having that be part of their lives of of your life. So Mm -hmm. any, any final thoughts for, for our listeners? Yes. If you have the passion and the the thought that you want to write a book, it is going to haunt you until you do it. Mm. Mm -hmm. It's going to haunt you. You're speaking from experience. You do it. Yes. Yes. Yep. Yes. And it's, and it's, amazing when it happens yeah and you know 
being aware of that, that haunting is so precious because as my writers group, we talk about our legacy for our kids. And, you know, we recognize that right now my daughter is 14. She doesn't read our blog. She doesn't care about our writing. Um, you know, sometimes if I write about one of the kids, which I did write about my middle son a couple weeks ago, I did share that with him and ask his permission if it was okay. It was about a, um, it was called Changing Lanes. And it was about both of our difficulty with changing lanes and yeah, being aware of somebody else already being in that lane. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, I referenced him and he said that it was fine. Um, yeah. So, but I, I, I have this sense that, you know, my grandparents, when they passed, they didn't leave a record. They didn't leave recipes. They didn't leave the stories of who they were and where they, where they were or where they had been. Because I think so many people, women specifically, think, oh, I haven't really done anything important enough. But when I look at, I mean, just a few sentences that I have from some, from ancestors, you know, coming to the United States from Germany, I'm like, there. It, one of the, the pieces of paper that I have says that um, my relative sat down on a stump and cried because he didn't know what the next step was. And I'm like, oh, and, and he references the fact that he always crossed a river in Germany, in the Bavaria region um, on their, on his way to school. And, but he never, he, he doesn't talk about the name of the river and it's like, you know, just those little details somewhere, yes. sometime are going to be a window into who you are and who you were as a legacy yeah. for, yeah. you know, your your children or your grandchildren or yeah. you know, just people that, that find you interesting, that, that find yeah. you somehow. Yeah, I, I do. I do still journal. Um, and I was journaling just fine at the beginning of the year until I started, you know, the book publishing thing yes <laughs> if I'm going to sit down and write I've got to do this <laughs> but but I still do I, you know that is where that's what I do when when I'm having struggling with something I will write and mm -hmm. and it's through the writing that it comes out yeah. and so this idea of like um writer's block just sit down and write about what's you know what you think is going on as to why you can't seem to write mm -hmm. and if the answers come mm -hmm. Yeah. They just come. And I like what you said, too, that sometimes you actually speak it into your phone. Um, I sat down with my 104-year-old grandfather um, last, not this past, not this fall, but last fall. And we had 10 sessions that I had all these questions about, you know, big events. And <clears throat> what's interesting is so many of these events impacted him not at all i mean he was a farmer raising he had five kids by the time he was like 21 i mean it was crazy and that was that was like celebrated um he was you know taught his he and his wife actually his wife has a picture in the newspaper of her with the kids the sixth child was born there was a little bit of a break but she was um honored 
that, um, you know, she had so many kids and she was a young, sweet, you know, mom and, and wife. And so his story was his story. And I didn't have any expectations of what was right. And he didn't have any expectations. I just, <laughs> my dog, um, I just, <laughs> I just recorded what, you know, what I said and, and what his answer was. And the last time we got together, he passed the next day. Oh. And yeah, that's, so I have the the audio. I didn't do a video of a Zoom because I was actually there with him. But that's something that is just so precious. And then yeah. I put that together in a book for other family members. And that's available for anybody who wants to have that, you know, in their house. And, yeah. you know, there are no, oh, my God, I never realized this about him. I mean, he talks about one of his daughters and, you know, the trouble she got into. And he, he doesn't hold anything back. And um, and he's really real about his drinking. And, you know, his wife was a saint. And but that's the way things were done back then. Um, you know, when he was found on the road by the cops, um, they took him and he was drunk. He was taken back to the bar and given coffee to sober up. <laughs> you know, it's crazy. Interesting. Just, you know, it's just so different from the way things operate today. Yeah. And, um, and that is, is just, you know, that, that's his story. And that's, that's beautiful. So, so Gabe, yeah. this has been absolutely lovely. Thank you so it much. For being and thank and you. Your story. You've been so open and honest and, um, and I really think that you're going to um, give a lot of people a sense of, yeah, she's right. I, I can do this. So thank okay. you. So so do you want like my blog? Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, you know, yep. my, okay. It's, uh, it's gaylenkick.com. G-A-Y-E-L-L-E-N-K-I-C-K.com. Okay. And then my book is on Amazon and it's on Barnes and Noble. There you go. Um, and are there, so on um, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, uh, you also mentioned something about medium. Is that something where you are on a regular medium. basis? Medium.com. Mm -hmm. Yes. I'm on medium.com as well. Okay. Okay. But so that's well, mostly the same stuff that is on the blog. Okay. Okay. Right now. Gotcha. So we'll, we'll put that in the show notes. So anybody who wants to find you will be able to reach out and, um, and that's where, where they can find. You. Great. Awesome. Okay. Thank, Thank you, you so Lisa. Much. Yes. This has been very enjoyable. Okay. I'm going to log us off here, but just wait a second. Wait, stop. Okay. So this is the end of our episode today, and I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you found it interesting, informative, inspiring, entertaining. Wow. Isn't that a huge expectation? But seriously, maybe you found these words do match what you're feeling. Well, in that case, we would love if you would please rate and review our podcast. It's super simple. All you have to do on your phone, go to your podcast app, scroll down to where you see the stars. You can click on the stars to rate the podcast. And then there's this little purple label that says, rate this podcast. And you click on there and then you can type in your words. You see, by doing this, it'll help our algorithm, which will enable more people to find us. We'll just have more fun that way. Also, if you haven't checked out my relatively new Instagram page for Lisa Hoffman Coaching, you should stop by. Click it, check it out, follow me. I've got some fun ideas that I don't want you to miss out on. 
So once again, thank you so much for being with us today and see you next time.